Good morning, everybody. My name is Jimmy Scruggs. I'm the executive pastor here. On October 7th, 2005, Amy and I lost a child. Those of you that know Brendan may not have known that his twin brother, Hunter, passed away in infancy. You know, I thought after 17 and a half years I could stand up in front of a group of people and, and say that. Uh, I decided this week to open with that. Last week, Ryan opens with asking people if they'd like to sing in the shower, so <laughs> there, there's that. Um, so I, I know that many of you in this room have felt incredible grief or, or hurt at some point in your life. You may be, may be experiencing that now. Um, unfortunately, we will all experience significant pain at some point in our life, and my grief is not yours, my hurt is not yours, my, my pain is not yours, I, I don't make any claims that I can truly understand the grief that someone else feels. What I can say is that I have compassion for someone that is hurting. I know that some, for some of you, grief can bring us closer to God. Our, our faith, our beliefs, our pillars that help us get through the immense feelings that grief and hurt present. And each week we've been doing a campfire story, and one of the members here at the church has shared their story. And right now I want us to take a second and watch Autumn's campfire story. My name's Autumn Patterson, and this is my story. I have always been um, effeminate. I'm a transgender woman, and so I've lived my life, most of my life, certainly through junior high and high school and elementary school, pretending to be a man, doing my best, um, and failing <laughs> miserably at that. Back when I was in middle school, um, I started to get um, bullied and physically assaulted um, multiple times. Uh, I never really understood why. Um, it would just happen. It was unprovoked. Uh, they were inc incidences ranging from getting punched in the face on the playground to getting kicked outside of a classroom one day when I was sitting on the floor, oddly enough, taking a test. Um, even my own mom uh, threw an ashtray at my head. <laughs> I learned to normalize violence towards myself and in the process started to understand that maybe I might be different and um, people treated me different. The bullying continued throughout junior high and high school, um, but one thing changed during that time. I. <laughs> started taking Taekwondo and people in school found out about it and so they left me alone. I learned that fear sometimes can be powerful and that helped me understand a little bit about why people were maybe afraid of me. It was really difficult for me to participate in sports. A lot of times I would find ways to use the locker room at different times because I was um, afraid 
honestly. Um, and I had been threatened multiple times with violence in locker rooms, um, after sports events, etc. When I was in high school, I participated in Boys State. There were a couple in, in that group that started to harass me on the first day that I was there. This harassment grew to bullying, and the bullying actually grew to the place where I started feeling unsafe. It progressed from that to direct threats on my life. And I just had a deep, deep fear, unlike anything I had experienced, unlike the bullying that I had experienced in junior high where random acts of violence just occurred for reasons I never understood. I left early and I missed out on the opportunity to um, fully participate in that activity. I think fear of others is, is really, can be really dangerous, really scary for people that are othered. Um, I finally came out about seven years ago and in the process of doing that, um, people othered me less <laughs> because I felt like I wasn't hiding anymore and I think they felt like I wasn't hiding anymore. And so um, I've actually gained more acceptance even though it's harder sometimes and not everyone accepts me. You know, in the season of life we're in in this country, there's um, an uprising backlash against people like me, um, which is hard. It's really, really hard to see that. It's really, really heartbreaking to see people that I used to know and respect start to come out and attack people like me. My hope, I guess, in my story is that throughout all of this, what sustained me was my relationship with Jesus, um, my community with my church. They always stood by me, even though I was kind of an oddball sometimes. Um, and um, just knowing that I can lean into the hope that Christ offers in my life. And so that's been part of, that's been the core of my journey through this whole time. It's what kept me from wanting to hurt myself during those times when I was um, feeling alone or afraid. I knew that I was created by God and loved by this amazing creator. And so there's this, there's this hope that lies within me, even though I'm different. <laughs> And people remind me of that all the time. Um, I don't care because I know um, people here at Crossroads love me and I know that Jesus loves me and um, that's all I need. I am, I am so thankful that Autumn shared that story. I, uh, I'm sorry that she had to go through those things. I am so glad that there have been people with her along the way and that she had that relationship with God. Again, grief can take many forms. For many, grief can cause questioning and doubt. Um, there may even be questions about the fundamental beliefs that shaped our childhood and, and even our adulthood. You know, I can say for me, grief did both. Grief, uh, my, my faith was that pillar that gave me comfort, but it wasn't without intense questions. Grief's nothing new. 
it's an emotion that's been around as long as there's been life and the ultimate conclusion of death. We grieve for loss. Maybe that's the loss of a loved one. Maybe the loss of a close friend. Maybe it's the loss of innocence. Maybe it's the loss of something else that we hold dear. Maybe the loss of a job or a relationship or maybe it's just the loss of security or safety. I want to talk about what's the issue anyway. So, unfortunately, this life is sometimes filled with pain. And that's your first fill-in for those of you that are keeping score. There is a, there's a pain from loss, right? There's also a pain in terms of things like addiction or divorce or struggle with our money, our sex, our gender, our sexual orientation, the color of our skin, our citizenship, age, abilities, and many more. And grief is an emotion that everyone feels at some point. Now, I, I'm using the term grief here, but it probably more accurately could be described as hurt. We most definitely experience grief in terms of the loss of a, a loved one or a close friend, but hurt happens and can be a feeling that's just as deep, that's caused by innumerable reasons. Grief can be a loss in many forms, and it's often the end of something that's important to us. If we don't deal with our hurt, we will pass it on to others. We've all heard the phrase that hurt people hurt people. If we don't heal, the process continues in ourselves. The pain is only exacerbated and amplified exponentially and passed on to others. See, poverty, a lack of education, slavery, the fear of other, all of those can place us on the road to Emmaus. Aisha talked briefly about the road to Emmaus a couple of weeks ago, and that's what I want to talk more in depth about today. See, the five unacceptables are examples of some things that can place people on this road, right? Some of the things that can make that road long. When we talk about the story, we're going to talk about a seven-mile journey for the disciples, and I can tell you that some of the people that are dealing with those five acceptables would happily take a seven-mile journey. They would happily take the opportunity to have a shorter journey. For those that continue with struggle of poverty, for those that deal with everyday hurt because of their skin color or their sex, their age, their abilities, their gender, their sexual orientation, this struggle can be overwhelming. So what wisdom does Scripture offer us? We're, we're telling campfire stories. Yay. You know, I, I believe that all stories should be told and stories should be heard. I, sometimes we need people to hear our story so that we don't feel alone. Sometimes we need to tell our story to others so that they know they're not alone. There's a story in the Bible that I, I want to take a look at. I, uh, it's that road to Emmaus. It involves a sense of grieving, but it ultimately produces a sense of hope. And I hope that we have a sense of hope. The story is most likely a parable. The, though Luke refers to a town seven miles from Jerusalem, there's, there's no Emmaus on a map. There's no ruins that have been uncovered. 
In this story, one of the disciples is named, but the other is not. They weren't members of the inner circle of the 12. They may have been part of the larger circle of the 70. So let's, let's take a look at this story from, from Luke chapter 25. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. See, loss can take many forms. I talked about the grief that Amy and I felt and still feel. Autumn's story talked about the fear and pain that came with her struggle. The disciples had sadness written on their faces. They were sad. They had lost something that they held dear. We continue on. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. Jesus asked, what things? And they said, the things that happened to Jesus. The man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all of the people. But see, our leading priest and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the Messiah. We had hoped that he was the Messiah and came to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then there were some women from our group of followers that were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said that his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. See, the disciples felt lost from death and hope. The road to Emmaus for these disciples started with pain. There was grief in twofold. There was a, a grieving of the death of someone that meant so much to them. Jesus had been crucified. But there was not only that grief that they felt, but they grieved beliefs that they felt had been proven wrong. They saw Jesus as the bringer of peace, as the one who was going to end the violence of the times of Roman rule. That loss of hope was a form of grieving. I have no doubt that there are things that have happened in the lives of of many in the room or, or online that's created a sense of grieving from a, from a sense of disenchantment with what they had believed to be true. See, Jesus listened, and he was present on the road to Emmaus. I have little doubt that everyone in this room either is, has been, or at some point will be on their own road to Emmaus. What I can hope, what I can hope for all of you, is that there is someone 
who presents themselves to you in such a way as to hear your story, the way that Jesus did, for them to be present in your struggle. See, I, I talked about grief in detail, but there are innumerable reasons that someone ends up on the road to Emmaus, that they're trying to, to get away from their pain, that they're fleeing their own Jerusalem. Some of these are things that Crossroads has identified as unacceptables. Poverty has you on that road to Emmaus. Lack of education or illiteracy, again, on that road. Modern-day slavery, human trafficking, all can have you on the road to Emmaus. If you are on the road because of your grief or your addiction or your struggle for, for equity in a world that offers a varying degree of freedom, I pray... I pray that someone presents themselves in your struggle. I pray that someone is there the way Jesus presented himself to these travelers. Let's continue on with the story. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. And Jesus then acted as if he was not going on, that he, or that he was going on. But see, they begged him. They said, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and he gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized them. And at that moment... He disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Breaking bread offers us the opportunity to be present. If Crossroads is your home, you know that peace on earth is our mission. And that happens with us, with you and me being peacemakers in this world. I would say that we have an illustration of how to be a peacemaker in this parable. I would say we see in Jesus a way to be there in someone's struggle and to be a beacon of hope. Amy and I, Amy and I were blessed to have family and friends to be there for us when we lost Hunter. There were, there were others as well. We had, we had moved a few months before the boys were, were born. We had, we had found a church. We were on the path to becoming members. There were people from that church that presented themselves to us on our road. I wasn't, it wasn't someone telling me that God had this, that everything was out.
that everything will be okay. It was just people bringing food, sitting and listening to our story, sitting in silence. I had a similar experience here with people being present on my road of addiction and struggles with mental health. I, I have no doubt that this church, this building, this congregation has been there and holds valuable memories for many that were traveling down their own road to Emmaus. See, that's peacemaking as it's at its very best, and I'm thankful for all of those that show care and compassion for those in need. I am thankful that there is a place that brings joy and happiness and community and hope and love to those that are part of it and those that experience these feelings because of the people in this church. If you're, if you're wondering how you can be a peacemaker, I hope that this story offers some suggestions. I hope that you see that peacemaking can begin with being present on someone's journey and that a time is going to present itself to break bread, to break bread and reveal ourselves as that peacemaker. I hope you see that there are opportunities to be there for someone on their journey. Maybe it's by tutoring those that need education and seek literacy. Maybe it's by being present for those that are impoverished by serving them meals. Maybe it's giving generously or showing love. Being present can be as simple as caring enough to be still and listen. Maybe your opportunity to be present with, uh, on somebody else's road to Emmaus is going to involve overcoming things like modern-day slavery or being in the struggle of those that are viewed as the other. Being empathetic in the struggle of someone that may be different from our own experience, be that because of the cover of our skin, our citizenship, our place of birth, our sex, our gender identity. See, Jesus revealed himself by being present in their grief. I'm not here to try to convince you what road you should be on. I only hope that you see the value of being on the road for someone. Whether that is being involved in one of our partners in hope or being a care minister or a group leader or involved in one of our care and support ministries for addiction or divorce or grief or some other need. But please don't miss this. We all travel the road to Emmaus at some point. If it's inevitable that we go through life, that it's inevitable that we can't go through life without experiencing significant loss, significant hurt some pain that sends us down the road to get away, to escape. And being present on someone's Emmaus Road is the healing power of peacemaking. Everyone here has probably been on that road as a peacemaker before. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you taught Little League. 
Maybe you gave a couple of hours at a food bank. Maybe, maybe you just sat there and listened to someone tell their story. Maybe you felt empathy. The question is, what can we do to show the mission of Jesus to bring peace on earth in our everyday life? Maybe you have something that you're passionate about and, and you need help from others to make a bigger impact. That's, that is one of the things that is great about a community like Crossroads. There are so many people in this room and online that have a strong desire to make a peacemaking difference. See, being present in someone's struggle can provide healing. I am truly hopeful that at this point in your life, where there's been pain, there's been healing. That there's, I, I hope that you've not had to face the hurts of this world on your own. We have the opportunity to help others in their struggle. And Jesus gave us that example. Peacemaking helps to show those struggling that there's a Christianity that is alive, that represents the promotion of justice and mercy. So where is your table? Where will you break bread and reveal yourself? Where will you be the peacemaker that reveals that there is a Christianity that is alive and represents the promotion of justice and mercy that comes from our presence and the struggle of others, even the other? Presence is going to require us to overcome fear. So how do I, how do I practice this in my everyday life? Crossroads is a place where everyone is welcome and affirmed. And I know that we say this at the beginning of every service, and I, I hope that you hear it. I, I hope that everyone here feels welcome. Yes, I mean those that have experienced the hurt of the other. I also mean those that consider this their place of faith, their community, their family. Crossroads is many things for many people. I hope it is for you what you need it to be. If you're on your own road to Emmaus, there are opportunities to find community. If you're on your own road to Emmaus right now, if you're suffering from grief, if you're in a period of religious trauma recovery, if you're battling addiction, going through a divorce, if you're feeling marginalized for the color of your skin or your gender identity or your sexuality, I hope you will reach out. Let someone know you are on the road so that there's a chance that someone can be present with you on that journey. I hope you heard something to understand that Crossroads and its members care about you. This church is a place for everyone, and I hope that is clear. It is a place for those seeking to be a peacemaker and for those looking for a community. There are so many great people here. I am proud to be a part of Crossroads, and I hope that those of you that are here in the crowd, that those of you online watching are proud to be a part of Crossroads as well. I hope that this church offers you the spiritual growth that you desire and that you deserve. If you're new, 
If you're visiting, I hope that you feel not only welcomed, but included. There are many ways for us to be present for someone else's struggle and to be the peacemaker that Jesus demonstrated on the road to Emmaus. Let's take a look at a few. First thing you can do is you can make your home or your work a safe space for healing. You can be the peacemaker of the scattered church. It doesn't take a special location to be there for someone else's struggle. It can be your kitchen table. It can be, you can be present for someone at the office. You can be at your favorite coffee shop or your favorite lunch spot. Peacemaking by being present doesn't have any bounds of space, right? You can be present in your everyday life in the, in the spaces you spend the majority of your time. Additionally, committing time and talent to the five unacceptables is an, is an opportunity to be present in someone's life. Maybe one of the five unacceptables resonates with you. Maybe there is one that moves you to action. Maybe there's one that you see as a way to be present in the struggle and hurt of someone, whether that's tackling poverty or, or slavery, education, the fear of the other. Maybe that's helping someone to find spiritual healing and vitality. Generosity takes many forms. Financial gifts are important. Money can make a huge difference in those type of efforts. But there is an opportunity to be generous with our time and our talents, to be present for those in need, to be on someone's road to Emmaus. There's also the opportunity to bring healing through the gathered church. If, you, if you've been hurt, you, you probably know the value of community that I talked about. There are many ways for you to get involved for those that are struggling with the hurts in their lives. If you've experienced hurt, you, you might just be the right person to be there for someone else, to be present for them as they struggle, to to be there as they journey down their own road. There's opportunities to be a part of a care and support ministries at Crossroads, to be a care minister, to, to be a group leader, to volunteer with those experiencing grief and divorce and addiction and so much more. So how does this make me a better person and the world a better place? Being present brings us a sense of purpose in our lives. Understanding that we are currently on the road to Emmaus, or we have been on the road, or that we will at some point, helps us to understand that there's a need for peacemaking for everyone's life at some moment. We can find purpose in participating in the healing work of restoration. Whether this is your very first time visiting Crossroads or you were a founding member, I am hopeful that this church gives you the opportunity to serve as a peacemaker, but that it also gives you the opportunity to be served as a traveler on your road to Emmaus, that someone is there when you are in need. 
that someone takes the time to hear your story, to break bread with you, and reveal the good news of peace on earth that the teaching of Jesus revealed. See, when we're there on someone else's struggle, it gives us a purpose. Restoration has power. It has the power for those that are being restored, but it also has power for those that are helping to restore. God's healing power is accelerated when we're present with others. Everyone's going to experience her hurt. Everyone can be helped along the road. Loss is part of the human experience, and it's community and compassion that helps us to heal. Think of, think of those disciples and their travels. Without Jesus being present, how long would that hurt have continued? Maybe eventually they would find the answers that help them heal, but this process of grieving, this finding of lost joy, was accelerated by his presence. When we are with someone on their Emmaus road, we can help accelerate their healing through our compassion, through our mercy, through our understanding. We can accelerate healing through our acts of kindness, through us being a peacemaker, by offering care and showing someone that they're not alone in the struggle. And this means overcoming fear. This means vulnerability. This means we open up our homes and our hearts and our minds, that we have empathy for the struggle of others, even when that struggle may be something that's different from our own, that's something that we don't have to experience in our lives. Transferring healing will stop the transmission process. Remember, I, I reminded us that hurt people hurt people, and, but those that have experienced healing can share the healing process with others. They can be present on Emmaus Road for someone. They can accelerate that healing for others. They can help someone reach the point of healing that's going to prevent the hurt from being passed on to others. Presence promotes healing. Presence is peacemaking. Healing is accelerated. When we transfer our healing, we can stop someone's hurt. We can stop it from being passed on to others. We can feel the individual, we can heal the individual, and we can start to find healing for that systematic issues that face the world around us. But it, it can all start with breaking bread in the space that we are in. On one day, and with one person. So the band's going to come up, and while they do, I'm going to ask you what God is inviting you into today, and there are four boxes there on your Connect card that you might want to check this week. The first of which is, I am on my own road to Emmaus and would like to speak to a care minister. I hope that you heard this morning that this is a church filled with compassionate people. I hope that if you are struggling with something, that you feel that it's okay to reach out. 
I know that there are people and there are ministries here that can help with the healing, that can be present for you. Check the box in the Connect card to speak with a care minister to find a way to start that healing here at Crossroads. Another box, I want to be present on others' road to Emmaus by being a member of care and support ministries. If you're a good listener, you can be present on someone's road. You can be a peacemaker by being present. You can reveal yourself as a compassionate and loving companion on that road to Emmaus. If this is you, there's a box to check on your Connect card to get involved. You can also be present for those on Emmaus Road by being a peacemaker in the scattered church. Remember that you can be present at home. You can be present at the office. You can be present at a coffee shop or your favorite restaurant. Just open up and find the opportunity to break bread with someone so that healing can begin or be accelerated. You can check that box. And finally, I want to be present on others' road to Emmaus through involvement with a partner of hope. If you're looking for a way to be involved and would like more information about Partners in Hope, there's a box on your Connect card, and someone's going to reach out and discuss how you can get involved in those peacemaking efforts. I truly hope that this church offers you the love and the support that you need. I hope that you can find the healing when you need it. I hope that there is a sense of community for you. I hope that when you are traveling down your road, that someone is with you. I hope that if this is your church, as you seek spiritual growth, that this congregation, this church, and its mission of peace on earth, I hope it fills you with the vitality that you need. We're going to hear another song, and while we do, the auditorium hosts are going to come around and collect your Connect cards and your giving envelopes. You can also drop those off in the orange kiosk on your way out. If you're joining online, we hope that you will fill out the digital Connect card, and if this is your church, that you'll give as you feel led. After the song, I'll come back and I'll return with a blessing before we continue forward with our week.